Hello, hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of T N. Oh, there we go. I love that. Well done, well done, well done. Also, guys, thank you very much for joining me tonight. What an epic duo to have on the show after last night's episode. Can I just say, I'm bummed that you're here, Marisha, but wow, I'm super excited at the same time. It's, it's conflicting emotions. I don't know what to do with myself. I don't know how you feel, Mike. Yeah, it's. I'm happy that you're here, but I'm sad for you that you are here. I wish you were still on the island. Oh, donkey! I'm happy you guys are here. Um, and you're not on the island. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'd be a one-armed bandit if I was on the island. I think I'd struggle and really hide behind you. I'm not going to lie, Marisha. Like a lot of people were doing on the island, I think. Oh, also, this I'm cold front on Survivor wouldn't be a fun time. No one wants to be in a shelter in this extremely cold weather across South Africa right now. So I think uh, it might be a good time to not be on the island. No, no, I definitely, I'm really getting cold just here and thinking about what we went through, I'm just getting shivers. So I'm happy to be here. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, thank you for joining us. We're super, super lucky to have you. And we might as well just kick off. We normally start off with an icebreaker. And today, seeing as we've got Mike, who was on season seven, we've got you, who was on season eight, two survivors. I'm going to ask you guys a question in terms of, we're going back, way back, Fear Factor vibes. Joe Rogan, went before he was the big thing. Um, mm -hmm. Would you rather eat cockroaches or B, I didn't say A, but that was A, or B, be placed in a tank of snakes, full of snakes, lying down? Hey. Hey. Yeah, I can handle that, eh? Cockroaches are fine, but a snake, no thank you. It's one thing, Marisha, I don't know if you guys had to deal with snakes in person, but at least when we played in Samoa, there were no snakes on the island. The running joke was that the biggest snakes were the castaways. We didn't have snakes in Samoa. And I can't imagine what it must have been like for you guys to have to constantly deal with the threat of, I don't know, like a puff adder or something on the wild coast. So I, that's another level of fear for me. I, I did see a small snake. I mean, well, there's many snakes on Survivor, like you say. But... <laughs> But yeah, how big was it? You said small snake. I mean, jeepers. Oh, uh, yeah, only a little one. I think we could have handled that one on its own. Okay, but I, but I think I think that's an interesting cue. One to from a scale of a scale from one to ten. I'm missing all the cues today. Out of all the people you played with, can you rank the people of their snakiness that you played with on Survivor? Yes. Am I allowed to do that? Of course. You're allowed to do whatever you want. Look, Mike's saying yes. Of course you can. Also, we've got Joseph Lim. By the way, Marisha, I just need to say, we've got people watching live with us. They're going to be asking questions. They're going to be saying their things. We've got Joseph here saying he would like to eat cockroaches. So he's in the same group you're in. Okay, but let's Yay. get back to the snakes. Snakes. Um, let's hear it. I think I have to give Santoni the snake over there. She's, <laughs> she's a real sneaky lady. Um, but if I see in real life, I love it to bits. So, um, yeah, I say, say 
she's sneaky. <laughs> Did you have any idea about about her, the level of snakiness um, whilst you were on the island? Was it clear to you then, or did it take you watching it retrospectively to realize that she was very good at jumping between alliances? Now, I, I, we had an idea that she was good doing it, but seeing it um, last night, I realized she's amazing. I would <laughs> never be able to jump through all those hoops and keep my head straight, eh? Yeah. I mean, I so, thought about it and I was like, everyone is playing a game or everyone is playing. If, if this was a situation where you guys were playing in the sand, you had old Vuna, old Zamba building your sand castles, building your fortresses. And then you had a Nesu and you had Santoni playing on the swings, just going in between both fortresses. That's how I saw them playing it. And, and Nesu has this lovely, soft voice. She can like, she can tame a snake. I tell you, she can definitely tame a snake. And she timed me 110%. <laughs> There's a bit of sadness in there. I'm not going to lie. That was a, yeah, that, that hurt a little bit because we know what it's like to be humbled by someone who's very good at Survivor and suddenly it clicks in your head. Maybe I wasn't as uh, in tune with things uh, as I thought that I was. And that's quite a strange reality to, to sort of to encounter. When that moment sort of clicked for you, when you start to realize like, you know, maybe you weren't quite as attuned as you should have been. Uh, is there a sense of panic on you on the island when it finally clicked that, oh, no, I might have misread the situation? Um, definitely last night, I realized I misread all the signs. And, and people might think it's because I was cocky or something like that. I wasn't. I just, I just went with the crowd and what was decided. <laughs> yeah, you were and calling now, a spade a spade. That's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> I was too true to my word. Yeah, looking back on it, like saying, you know, you saying being purely honest and it comes across like you come very cocky. When you're looking back, are there any regrets with the way in which that played out? Um, yeah, I would never, I don't really think it played out that brutally. I want to put <laughs> myself back on the back there. Um, but I actually wanted to align with some to I thought, um, that she made me understand that she was the underdog. And I thought, yes, this would be good. Let's pull her in and we could work together. And now I'm the worst person on earth after being saying something little. Little. <laughs> That's the funny part about being on Survivor is you say one million words in a day and there'll be four words that perhaps put you in a negative light. And the very skilled and highly passionate editors will find those words to construct a narrative and suddenly you're on TV saying something so idiotic and it's brilliant. It just, it's such a wonderful experience to watch this play out and also have this sort of behind-the-scenes view that you probably would never intentionally tell Santony that she's got four votes until she's uh, out, of the, out of the game. It probably, just, it probably was just a manner of speech and <laughs> the whole country and the whole world seen you busy telling Santony her fortunes. Yes, yeah, but that was where I'm, I'm cuddling or cr scratching her back or something like that. I mean, yeah, well, I'll take it. You like you said, it only lasts a year. <laughs> yeah, one well, day well, I don't know. Ask Mike how quickly that year went. Was it was it a quick year or slow slow year, Mike? Well, this was interesting because remember that Immunity Island was initially announced at um, the finale of season. It wasn't, it wasn't at the finale, but it was a short while after the finale of season seven. And then COVID came and it essentially put 
season eight on the back burner. Mm -hmm. So, Marisha, you must have been in waiting for quite a long time before you finally got the call to go play. And I imagine that that must have felt long. Um, and, and so, for me, we had a, a nice long layover between the end of our season and the start of the next one. And so, basically, by the time season eight began, I didn't have any, like, especially problematic feelings about my season coming to the fore it was all just like i got to sort of kick back and relax and enjoy the 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 season as a fan because my season does feel like it was such a long time ago and i'm not gonna lie i've been so into it it's been such a fun season so far i think it's fair to say that like this is one of the most impressive casts ever in survivor south africa so i yeah. i it's, it's just been so good from the start and the product has been exceptional yeah, and, and on that point of it being impressive, not, not just the cast, but when we're looking at the episode, in particular the episode that showed last night, if you're going to go out, Marisha, you're going to want to go out in the episode last night. And I think in history, to date, it is the best episode Survivor South Africa has put out there. And in my opinion, challenges 99% of most seasons in all franchises. So there's got to be some pride when you see and when you're looking back in that. I don't know. I know there's some sadness attached to it, but what are your thoughts in regards to the, the joyful moments when you think about it? Yeah, I, I believe every time we, we talk about this today, I've been talking about it a lot and it actually helps reliving it and going through the, the emotions. I think when they read my name, uh, I wasn't angry, upset. I was content um, because I made it to merge. And I think that's where I wanted to be. I mean, further on would have been great. Um, and it was a great episode. Stand, sitting here at home watching it. It does blow your mind. You have to like stop, rewind, <laughs> let's watch it again. <laughs> so um, <laughs> I, I'm happy. I'm I'm sad that I went, but I'm I'm glad to see people were crying when I left. Yeah. <laughs> there, be, there are people who, who are very inspired by you. And I think that there was an episode um where you it was your daughter's birthday on that particular day and i think you were so endearing in that episode and you really showed a great side of your humanity and it really brought people across and that's why there was this intense duality where in this new episode as you before you voted out for the first time there was a villainous element to you where it was quite a it added a whole layer to, to your character arc and i think that was such a fun thing for us to watch so I don't know if I might be jumping the gun a bit here, and if I am, forgive me for it, but I, I want to just ask you about the moment that you're sitting at Tribal Council. Now, a few minutes later, once you know you voted out, you'll say that the opposite alliance had a better plan than your plan. So what kind of inclination, was there any awareness of the fact that it could potentially be you? Whilst you're always nervous going to Tribal Council, uh, how number one, how likely did it seem that Tyson would play the idol that some people imagined he might have, and he did? And then how did you make the decision to have the idol played for Nicole? And, and sort of like, what was it like when that moment finally struck and you realized I think that the, the, before tribal, the, the dice were, were landing on your name? Yes, and before Tribal, we were running through all these scenarios. What if this happened and this happened? Okay, then we'll do this. If this happens, this happens, we'll do this. And I'm like, you guys have to tell me for who I must vote because I'm clueless now. <laughs> I'm, I'm losing it. And then when I'm – just before we went into Tribal, I had a chat with Chappies on the beach, and he said to me – he dropped it that – he said, you know, if I go tonight, you're going to be next. There's a target on your back. And I thought, mm. ah, I'm fine for tonight. 
<laughs> they can go <laughs> for this week on whatever. Um, and I can remember you, I, I, I go in confidence thinking, yes, we've got it under control. But you never, like, you know, you're not confident when you sit there because suddenly Niku starts asking these questions and you're like, what, what, did this happen? <laughs> what? <laughs> and um, when Tyson played that idol for chappies, I, I knew something's something's going wrong. So, yeah. Um, and then the worst move of, of the season so far is me playing the idol for someone else, Nay. Yeah, well, it's got to be up until this point. I'm glad you can own that. But curious about that moment. I mean, you see that happening. Do you not then go, wait a minute, I found this idol. If I'm looking, if, if you're looking objectively and you're going, okay, you know, you've got Nicole, you've got Amy, you've got the call, the, the old group of people in together. And I mean, now that you're watching the episode back and you hear them calling you the alpha of the ladies, which is pretty interesting. Did you not think at that moment in time, just be like, hey, hang on, this is my idol. Let, let me just take it. I know people are saying Nicole, Nicole, Nicole. Did you think about that? And also, why was why was it suspected that you thought Nicole was going instead of yourself? Why Nicole? Um, they were throwing her name around the whole day, saying Santoni was come tell, telling us, um, you, you, we're going to vote for Nicole. They're voting for Nicole. And she got paranoid. And I think we had such a strong bond. I also wanted her to feel safe. I thought, yes, we'll play it for you. When she looked at me with those eyes, I said, did it? Beautiful little eyes. It's like, <laughs> take it. <laughs> I held the idol and I gave it to her and I thought it would be so selfish. I would look selfish if I play this for myself. Would I oh. want people to see me out there? Yes, you're selfish. She asked for it and here I jump up and says, yammer, it's for me. So, um, Wrong so me. she got it. So, so did she get it because she asked for it, and you were just like, um, "I feel too bad to say no." Yes, yes, I'm easy. I'm like that. Yo, this is interesting to me because obviously, <laughs> wow. yeah, so so what is hard to understand about a season of Survivor that we don't really understand is as casual viewers and as people who aren't on the island is that a lot of survivors defined by the culture of a particular season and a tribe and yeah. an alliance and. In previous versions on Survivor South Africa, we've seen that South Africans tend to be quite a, a loyal f player base. In my season, a big alliance ran the season because people were so intense and loyal. And the fact that when you identified the idol in the tree, you then spoke to an alliance member to come with you to get it speaks to the fact that the culture of your alliance was one that relied on loyalty specifically. It was an alliance that didn't necessarily feel the need to bear its teeth yet because you had such a strong numerical advantage. So mm. what you did makes sense in the context of your season and was probably the right thing to do in context. It's just that Tyson made such an epic move that it superseded whatever whatever the culture was. And I think that's what makes the season really work. And I hate that it's it's taken you out, uh, Marisha. I'm sorry about that. But what it does do is it opens up the season in a way that previous seasons should have been opened up at earlier points. And it sort mm. of helps South African survivor players progress a bit. It sets a new precedent. So <laughs> what Tyson did was like... Really impressive. I think that was a bit of a game-changing move in itself. And I think that the season now 
is opened up to a whole new world because basically you have the free ag agents you identified in uh, Anesu mm. and, and Santoni and Chappies has survived like despite the fact that virtually at every tribal he's 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 vulnerable at Chappies' Talk, name has been yeah. around. Yeah. If, if we go back to where you were before tribal, is it pertinent at that moment uh, among your alliance that that Chappies needs to go? Is he this sort of figure that everyone sort of honed in on and said Chappies is a dangerous player we need to watch out for him is that what's happening as as the episode progresses Marisha yeah I think um if you watch in the previous episodes he's a monster when it comes to challenges in the water outside of the water um and everyone saw him as a threat so what you usually do you get rid of that you you have to get break them up send them away break up the blondes and <laughs> shunt the one away so that's why if the target was on Chappies' back the whole time and yes he's entertaining I watched the season or the episode last night he's amazing um where did he come from so um <laughs> I'm glad they keep him on to entertain you guys <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, I, I just think it's interesting that we started off the episode talking about cockroaches because right now he's a cockroach that can't be killed, and that's pretty interesting. We've got um, Joseph here asking the question, did you know you had a spy shack? Did you know that Chappies was hiding by the water well? Not at all. Um, we heard talks that he had something. We didn't know where it was, um, and I never saw him there. And that waterhole had so many mosquitoes. So um, I'm taking my hat off for him <laughs> sitting between those mosquitoes. Yeah. So this is interesting to me. Um, when we look at the physical dimensions of the Osindela Tribe Beach, it's not the largest um, area that you're allowed to that, that you're able to play in. It's quite a it's quite a small beach and, and quite a small uh, shooting location in that particular instance. Tell us about um, what it was like to try and uh, maintain alliances when it was so obvious um, because of the fact that you were in a fairly congested space with many players at the merge beach. What was that like trying to work out game plans and tactics when there were so many conversations within our shot at every moment? Yeah, it, it, you see everyone the whole time. So um, I don't know where they went to um, have these conversations. Um, even when you went to the loo to do something, there's someone next to you. So <laughs> I don't know how it works um, because there's no privacy. So I know Renita and I would lie in the hammock and we would just – Little <laughs> little gestures to each other, or Nicole and I would go get collect a bit of wood. But it was difficult because we didn't have a big room to walk or roam freely. I think you know it. Um, they allocate that it must be this is your area and this is where you can go. So for Chappies to think outside the box and build himself a lookout tower um, to get all the information he needs, that's that's amazing. <laughs> this, this one's slightly off topic from the game sort of perspective and i, I just want to ask the question because we've obviously got both of you on former castaways the toilet situation you mentioned marisha i know past season there was the talk of coconut grove and all this other stuff how do you in terms of culture speaking you you've mentioned it you've touched on this mike how do you guys go about <laughs> designating areas when you go no no this is the new coconut grove hypothetically speaking how does that work how does that play out 
I wonder, Mike, did you guys not do everything in the ocean? Okay, so in our season, um, uh, it was a little bit more rustic than than season eight. Samoa is Samoa's <laughs> the real deal, guys. Um, we basically what happens is so my first tri beach was called La May, and it was this beautiful tropical location with this gorgeous reef in the distance, and that was lovely. Um, and we sort of designated a certain area that was kind of near a marsh that we said, all right, we can let this area become Coconut Grove where, you, you know, the business gets done. But then I went to it. I, I was swapped to another uh, a, a tribe beach, which was called Taalo. And Jacques very proudly announced that aquadumps were the, the norm there, um, <laughs> which is quite an alarming experience there. I don't want to get too grotesque, but they are the, the nature of the ocean implies that you know movement happens. So there's a lot of skill involved at the first couple of aquadumps on the most enjoyable experiences. Um, but you're also being stunned by by how castaways end up and, and some regulate quite well, but but certain castaways, I'm talking 20 plus days without any visits to the toilet, without uh, being able to get. I'm, I'm not even. I'm healthy. not, I'm not joking. Not be healthy for anyone. Come on, man. <laughs> obsession. It, it became an obsession amongst us. You know, you'd keep tabs on who was going to the bathroom and and <laughs> and all this time, all this time, you think when people are doing their confessionals, they got the sweat beads because they're strategically panicking. Meanwhile, it's because they've been holding it in for 20 odd days. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, not sure well, about, I'm not sure about how you guys managed to get around that, but we we, we had a, a good mixture of using leaves and the ground and aqua dumps. Um, we couldn't, I don't think anyone did an aqua dump where we were. The, the ocean was so rough. Um, it would, we had a joke that you would come out with turds on your back and, <laughs> and you would be a brown turd. So we also <laughs> allocated little spots and had your. I'm going that way. You go that way. So um, I'm glad I didn't um, experience that. Yeah, it's it's not great, eh? And also, you see you see a lot. Like you see, you see a lot of people's very intimate business on Survivor. There's a, a a great story about one of my fellow castmates, and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna like tell you who it name was, but shit. you'll be able to yeah, guess. Don't it. Name uh, and and I was busy. It was daytime, and I was busy walking on the beach, like very going to to go hang up some washing or something. When I say washing, I mean clothing that I rubbed in sand in the ocean. And he shouted, "Mikey, I'm taking a dump." <laughs> It's just like, why are you telling me? And we locked eyes and everything. It was wasn't great. So, <laughs> it definitely, that's one, it, it, one way to build an alliance. Uh, that's real trust over there. Yeah, there's real bonds there afterwards. I thought it would have lasted me. I reckon once that happened, I had the game in the bag. But clearly, I was wrong of it in, in that instant. <laughs> okay, well, let's let's move away from this this subject and let's bring it back to a question that Hilchard asked. He said, Marisha, when you say you guys need to tell me who to vote. Were there some bigger leaders in your alliance than others? Um, uh, no, I don't think we had like a, a leader of the pack. We just, Renier um, was always the one that would strategize well with us and we would run through the plans. And then I would say, but what about voting of Warda? And then someone would say, wait, it's not part of the plan now. Then I would say, what about this? So <laughs> I was always throwing out names. <laughs> Um, but no, we always had a consensus of who we thought would 
need to be voted off. It wasn't the one-man show, and I think that's where the loyalty aspect came in as well. We, we might talked about um, playing my idol, taking Renew to get the idol. We were loyal to each other, and um, yeah, that's, that's just the way I'm programmed and how we played this season so far. Did that form part of your preseason planning when you watched Survivor and you were a fan of the show and you weighed up the kind of game you would look to play was that part of your plan that you were going to be someone who prioritized loyalty and a strong alliance or was that a result of the fact that you felt that you had to adapt your game to the kind of cast you're with on that season no I went in I remember when they asked me so what type of game are you going to play and I said yes do I need a game I thought I'll just be myself and um I'm I'm honest, and I, that's the type of game I wanted to play. I wanted people to see um, who I am. I'm upfront. I say it like it is. Um, yeah, so it just worked in my favor all the way. So I, I'm I'm so lucky. I didn't need to stab people in the back to get voted out. <laughs> <laughs> Knowing what you know now, though, Marisha, going with that mentality, you're going to be yourself and play the game. Would you do something different? Is it possible to win the game by doing that, especially in the context of this season? Um, I think if you look at previous players, Werner, he played an honest game. He got, got very far. Um, yes. Well, but Tony people- might, differ, but might, might beg to differ in that scenario. I don't know. His he's alliance member might say no. Just saying. Yeah, I think he can say that. Like I've always told people, Survivor is the one game where you can leave all your um, morals behind. And I think people expect you to stab people in the back. Um, the mm. one time I make a joke about a chicken, I, my head's cut off. But um, <laughs> no, no chickens were harmed in the in the filming of the show. I'm just putting that out there. Maybe on Survivor, not on this one. <laughs> Um, Marisha, when, when you uh, sort of go back to your preseason gameplay and then when you're on the island itself, it became quite immediately obvious that you are an outstanding challenge threat. And I think uh, for your castmates, it's probably a good thing you were the first boot at Merge because I think you would have been quite rampant um, later on if there were some some more brawny challenges. Mm-hmm. And I think there's also been a great influence um of some of the Australian Survivor challenges, which are very much brawn-based into this new season of Survivor, and it's been great to watch. So I, would, I really feel a bit robbed as a fan to uh, not be able to watch you go play uh, individual games and, and immunity challenges on your own. But when you were weighing up your, your options early on in the game, did you ever think about maybe underplaying how physical you are to try and keep a target off your back? Or in that instance, when it was time to compete, did you just launch into it and, and make people look silly because you were so good? She hoid, boy. She hoid. My husband told me, please don't go in there yourself. Yeah. Um, when, the, when the challenges are there, I want to win. I want to give it my all. So I'll someone grab your bag of coconuts and throw it over the field just so that we can win. So it's, it's very difficult for me not to be competitive. And... Um, and the other girls saw it. I mean, 
uh, I'm not saying they're not as physical as I am, but my brain just goes into overdrive. And I think as well, because I did this to prove to the world that mothers can do anything you're capable of. And my daughters are at home and they're watching this. I want to give it my all. So um, I definitely put a target on my back over there, <laughs> but I never raised my hand to build a puzzle. <laughs> well, well, Joseph's saying, <laughs> Joseph saying yeah, is like he didn't realize how much of a physical threat you were and he said on TV because you were described as a guest house owner so that's that's an interesting sort of juxtaposition this the strong lady and, and personally I know you you mentioned the context of the ladies but for, from my perspective me looking at the game and I mean Mike's already touched on it we were robbed from your sort of individual challenges and this is the one challenge that arguably played to your weakness but you are, from a survivor sort of playing aspect, a physical specimen nonetheless. And I don't even think it's just within the female realm. I think you could have taken 99% of the men out there personally. So that's huge credit. And um, we've got, just, just to move off the, the topic of the physicality, we've got Dylan asking a good question. He's saying, did you ever expect Amy and Renee's power couple during the show? Um, no, not at all. It only came out for two episodes ago and I was shocked. I didn't know there was a bond like that. I actually thought Renee and I had something going on. Hey. Um, hey. um, so he can play it hard, but that just shows you he's got a good um, game. He's um, socially yeah. very well. And he's great in confessionals as well. He's been a great narrator for this season. I wanted to ask you something that was really, it's been an important element for me. Like I, I think as a Survivor fan, we've become quite accustomed to seeing very similar locations in recent years watching the show. Everything is very tropical and beachy. And that's great because it suits the format well. But the fact that Survivor SA have made this production work in a local environment has been kind of a dream come true for me. I always imagined that as a, a young kid, I could watch a Survivor season in South Africa and it's come to fruition. So... What was well, you it spoke like? about it? Whoa, 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 wait. I, I, I know you keep that question. I mean, Mike V, he came on here, I think a year ago, exactly to the date, and we were talking about winners at war, and you said exactly the same thing. You said, Listen here, Survivor, sir, get your shit together and let's get out there and do a local season. And Larue was like, You know what? Let's do this. If there was probably planned before that, but he did that. So it's amazing <laughs> that that's come to fruition. So if we're looking at profits, we might have a profit here on TNO. I'm just saying. Uh I, it, it, I don't know if it was um, if it was uh, that much of, of my influence. It, it, it definitely wasn't actually. But what I do know is that I was very excited <laughs> when I heard about this, and it was it's been great to see like a whole a whole new survivor landscape. It's unique looking. It doesn't remind me yeah. of anything else. So initially, I was like, you know, does it sort of look like Nicaragua, or maybe we can compare to. Um, San Juan del Sur, I, like maybe a little a bit Philippinesy. No, it's its own standalone location. So, what was it like, Marisha, to be sort of on the wild coast, not especially far from home? You were less than two thousand kilometers from home at any given moment, wherever you were in South Africa, um, and therefore, physically, your distance between where you were and what you've known wasn't that great. Whereas, certainly for me, I was on the other side of the world, twelve hours away from. Uh, 12 hours on the, like it was 12 hours apart in terms of time zones and um, what was it like getting to play in South Africa and to see you know potentially like South African cows on the mountainsides as you were competing in that merge challenge and stuff what was it like um 
obviously I have no idea where we're going. Um, we just landed and I thought first thought, oh, this is just a layover. And then no, it's not a layover. And the only thing I know about Durban is it's very hot. You're gonna sweat, there's gonna be mosquitoes. And then we took a drive and it's beautiful. It's really um something different. And I'm planning on taking the family out there because you get a bit of everything. There's mountains, there's ocean, there's rivers, um, cows, there's wild pigs running past you and monkeys. Um, so South Africa is so big. I mean, it's, we're capable of doing it here. Why would you fly across the real world yeah. to shoot it? Get other survivor yeah. contestants to come and participate in South Africa. Yeah. And question to that, to build on that, to the two of you. Do you think next season, if they have another season and seasons after that, should they be kept locally or should they, given COVID goes away and everything else, should they start looking to go abroad again? What's the consensus there between the two of you? I know it might help from a tourist perspective, but in terms of the location and the set, because we know the location is part of the game and it's, it's the set for the game. I think they should keep it local. Um, I, the people who are going to sign up for season nine might say, Nia Marisha, no, we want to <laughs> um, Yeah, and try and get more people to come and do it in, in our country. Why would we take all the income that, I mean, Survivor does a lot for communities as well. They're where you're situated, they give back to the community and um, our country needs it. Um, I wouldn't say more than other countries, but I think it's amazing to be able to do it here. I'm on the other side of the spectrum where I'm very happy that we've seen it and I would like to see perhaps one more because I imagine that by the time season nine is filmed, I don't know if we could potentially imagine that everything will be back to normal. So I imagine that we would see one more local season. I would love to see a Survivor SA Cozy Bear as an example or or a, 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 a Vescas season, which Dante would really enjoy, I think, and he could be a consultant on it. Or even an inland, I mean, the Aussies are doing a season... Um, in uh, Concurry right now, which is an inland location uh, in the outback. And I would love a similar kind of season. Perhaps they could shoot one in the Drakensberg in the mountain foothills or they, I mean, just the survival elements I think would be remarkable to watch. But I do think that there's great value in isolating the castaways from anything that feels even close to being relevant. And for you guys, that was a result of the fact that COVID was an, was an element. So you had that mental weight of knowing that there was a pandemic raging on uh, beyond your game, which would have had a huge mental duress on you. And I think it would have simulated similar conditions to being as far away from home as, as one was. But for me, when I got to Samoa and it was four days to get there, no exaggeration, we traveled for four days to get to location. That kind of made me realize that I was doing something monumental and it definitely brought home how important it was that I didn't throw in the towel when times got tough because I'd come all the way to Samoa. So for me, there's great value in textured locations, getting to see more mm. of the world. We're so bored of seeing the US as two, three beaches being rotated. I would love to see another season being mm. shot in uh, Sao Tome on the west coast of, of Africa or Papua New Guinea or um, uh, Japan. I, I think it'd be rad. Yes. Well, we'll take them to Sutherland, the coldest place in South Africa. 
<laughs> it's also a good time to be talking about this considering the snow we have in our country also shout out to dylan for knowing the fact he's from australia and he knows that northern drakensberg would be a nightmare with rain for most of the people so that's an interesting one i like the fact that you you touched on the you traveled four days getting to samoa mike and it built this grandeur of playing the game of survivor marisha in terms of it being played locally did it kind of take that glass off a little bit and say you know what the shackles are off here i can go wild excuse the pun, from the get-go? Yeah, because I think, that, I, I think uh, as like for myself, I went in with no preconception or, or I had no, nothing signed up, nothing planned. I could just go in and enjoy it. Um, there were definitely castaways that was very upset that it's not a tropical island. Um, <laughs> so... <laughs> you never, don't say this on Survivor because, I mean... That could get you voted off. I mean, um, you shouldn't complain because that could get you voted off. So it could also go in the other way. Like, you, you also agree that should be on a tropical island? Yes, yes, I do. Yeah. Let's be in an alliance. You know, it could also be one of those. I don't know. Um, it looked tough, though. It looked really, really, really hard. I think I, I was sort of, I, I kind of, um, pictured when you guys might be filming and i don't live especially far i live 194 k's from vuna beach which is embarrassing that i know that it's an embarrassing <laughs> fact i admit that i'm weird i i, I got into it guys anyway so i live 194 <laughs> i was busy monitoring the weather and it was putrid it was it was cold and it was rainy and it doesn't you know if someone says it's 19 degrees there's it's very hard to articulate what it's like to experience 19 degree rainy weather when you've got no protection and and you're in the elements it's it's horrible it's really 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 tough so i think the fact that you guys endured what you did is commendable and i would say that compared to any other survivor south africa season because of the fact that you weren't in a tropical location you were subtropical marisha i think you guys were, were the bravest we've ever seen it was very impressive yeah, I think we really complained a lot under each other regarding the weather. Um, I've been to tropical places. You, the thunder can come down two hours later. You dry. Um, I'm all for that. But yeah, you never get dry. You are wet constantly. Um, yeah, we did have sunshine. We did have nice days, but <laughs> the, the wet was more than the than the nice. <laughs> Yeah, we had it. We had our first five days where rain were, were drenched as well. It's it's miserable. It's it's hard. I'm getting freaked out thinking about it now. PTSD is rolling in, guys. <laughs> you shouldn't mention that. Why did I sign up for this? Are you also feeling the same? Are you guys feeling the same? <laughs> On that note, Marisha. In terms of your highs and lows, in terms of something that no one got to see you do on the island, what was the highest high while you were there that we didn't get to see and the lowest low? Um, I think I actually taught Tyson how to catch crabs, um, real crabs, like running around on the beach. Um, and we had like a fun activity doing that. Um, we would go out in the mornings and ca catch that with little baskets. Um, and the lows would be where I felt sorry for myself and missing my daughter on her birthday. I think that was the hardest mm. part of it all. Um, 
I didn't want to share that information with everyone. I didn't want everyone to think, oh, shame, she's going to use it to manipulate me. Um, I don't want to be voted out again. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, well, that was, that was the low. But yeah. going through it, oh, man, when that night when he snuffed my little torch, I missed the, missed the island. I wanted to go back. It's like you emptied <laughs> When your daughter watched you go in that challenge, what was her reaction? Oh yes, I'm 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 a hero. Yeah, <laughs> we had to rewind, rewind, do it again, do it again. And I'm <laughs> <laughs> That's so cool. Even that challenge where you had that water activity and throwing the hoops, and I yeah. was just grabbing the girls and throwing them. My daughter was like wow. ragdolls. Ragdolls. You were just, it, it didn't yeah. even look like we were doing much. You were just like, hey, walk in the park. This is what I do on the weekends. Hey, throw some girls around. <laughs> you have to watch out. You have to watch out. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. <laughs> I, that's really awesome. What, one, of, one of my great uh, thrills in my life is that one day my niece was, was, uh, was, she wasn't even one years old when I filmed Survivor. And she has watched a bit of this. She's three now. She's watched a bit of, of this season and she's kind of like getting it. One day when she's like 10, I'm going to say, I'm going to show you this cool new TV show. I'm going to play her some like Survivor. And, and then I'll end up, when she's into it, playing my season for her and she can then watch me at 21 playing Survivor. And I think that's really cool for the rest of your life, Marisha, your daughters and, and in, in future generations, your granddaughters will be able to look, on, look back on what you did in 2020 yeah. during a pandemic and and they'll be able to sort of pinpoint what you were like at that time in your life and that's one of the great privileges of being on survivors that no one can take what what you've done away from you you know even if yeah. someone who thinks they're a super fan calls you out and, and claims that something didn't go you made a bad decision that stuff is irrelevant ultimately it's the rich experience for you that you got to uh, experience and and there's no one that can take that away from you you've got to merge it's super cool yeah, I mean, I, I read some of the, the Facebook messages this today and I said, oh, I'm not going to read it again. I sound like a monster. <laughs> but it's like when we watch rugby, everyone not playing the game has all the answers. <laughs> that guy yeah. is, why is he the kicker? I don't even know rugby. And I can tell everyone, I have no idea why you're watching this because you're just complaining. So um, we play the game. I love that. I love that. And you know, on that point, everyone who's come onto the show, all the uh, previous boots have said exactly the same thing. Some of them a lot more serious in terms of being super fans, but they've all come on saying the moment their feet hit the ground, their strategies went out the window. And it's just different being in the game as opposed to externally analyzing, which is very, very interesting. We've got Marisa passing her jacket was also a high, speaks volumes about you. So there's some positive press for you, Marisa. That's also super cool. Yeah. And also to, to, to the fact of the, the merge, you made merge and you went out in a huge way. I think no one can complain. If you want to ask Mike, I think playing the season again, if he had to get voted out again, I think that's the way you want to kind of get voted out. But also the best, the best part is you still huge hugely a part of the, the game moving forward. And we're going to see you give your votes at the end, which is super, super exciting. But now, guys, it's time. It is time for the Golden Spear. And the Golden Spear, ladies and gentlemen, for those of you who do not know, is for the player of this episode who made the best move for their game. And so we're going to start off with Marisha. You're going to tell us who you want to nominate. And you're allowed to nominate more than one person. 
Okay. After watching the episode last night, I have to give mine to Tyson. He is writing a resume. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm taking my hat off there. And, yeah, Chappies as well, performing the way he did Little Holes and surviving the vote. Mike? I tend to agree with those two. I have really begun to root quite hard for Tyson. I think he's such a fun player to watch. And he does have some baller moves that he's been putting out. Uh, I've really enjoyed that. To quote Jeremy Collins talking about Natalie Anderson, he bowled out, you know, like he he did something really <laughs> cool. So that was great. Um, also, I think we are seeing more and more of Rainier in the game. And whilst he didn't necessarily read the the, the vote, Right, correctly by playing the idol for Nicole, giving the idol to Nicole. Um, I think that he's in a really, really good position right now. He he seems to be the lifeblood of that big, strong alliance. Um, and I also think that we're seeing. Can I give a, a the golden spear to a bromance? I'm I'm very much getting Dominic and Wendell vibes from yes, uh, Kieran and Tyson. I think that those two together are very impressive. And I imagine, Marisha, I don't know if maybe you can elaborate on this a bit more, but when you watched them talk strategy on those polls, there must have been alarm bells ringing for your alliance at that moment. Um, I think I fell asleep underneath the poll um, because they <laughs> for hours and it didn't stop. And I never saw them chatting. I mean... Um, Yes, how do we miss this? Anyway, um, yeah, <laughs> Kieran is definitely someone to look out for as well. He He's an intellectual guy, and with the previous vote when we went in, he made us trust him. Um, mm. Put my name out there, and we can work together. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and that's that's I like the fact that you mentioned the duo because the, the Wendell-Dom vibes, definitely. Kieran and Tyson, I don't – I think they're both playing exceptional games, but together they are one hell of a force. But Kieran in particular, what I like about Kieran – Tyson, obviously, right now we're seeing a lot of him. He's putting the punches. He's Mike Tyson, so to speak. You know, Kid Dynamite, 100%. And he's at the forefront, leading the pack, and everyone's going, wow, his CV, like he mentions, is fantastic. Kieran, though, Kieran, I think – Winning this immunity challenge, even though it was instrumental in getting you out, Marisha, I think this is the one flaw in the game that he's made, that he's won the first immunity challenge, and people are now going to start looking at him differently and go, wait a minute. He can also compete in the challenges, and this might be a big thing. Because up until this point, I think he's been a textbook 101 player in terms of how you play Survivor. You be a part of everything in the background, make the right connections, and this is the one where he's actually stuck his neck out a little bit. So interesting to hear what you guys might think as to Will this be a downfall for a player like Kieran in this sort of scenario? Yes, I hope not. Um, I really like Kieran. I um, I wish I could play a longer game with him because he's got so much to give in this game. So um, I don't know who's the target on next, huh? <laughs> <laughs> well, for okay. me, I think if I was to be able to transport into the season, if you offered me one person who I could take the body of and live vicariously through them and try and win the game, I'd say Kieran is my best bet because Kieran has put himself in such a great position in this game. He really does occupy a neat little middle ground. Um, and I relate a lot to Kieran. I mean, I don't know if if I might be being a bit boastful in this instance because Kieran's been so good, but I, I do get a sense that we are very similar people and I've kind of felt similarly... Um, 
about his tactics as I did about my own when I was on the island. And this is when Kieran can take authority and he seems to be doing it really well. I was a bit lackluster in, in not pulling the trigger when I had the chance to. Kieran has made moves now that will set him up really well for deep in the game. Bear in mind, he's got a big, strong alliance he's up against. Your alliance, you, they've lost to Marisha. But right now, they remain strong. That alliance is strong. There's a lot of players in that alliance. You know, you think about Amy, Nicole, Renier, Varda. I mean, those guys, there's a pretty strong bond between them from what we see on TV thus far. And so I think that Kieran uh, has essentially announced himself as being a potential threat in the game with the immunity challenge win with uh the move and, and sending a cast away to immunity island and then also the the fact that he is tied to tyson through what we've watched in this last episode i think he's got a bit of um a target on his back now and he, it's going to be great to watch him go and i'm i'm just sad that you don't see enough of kieran because i did i thought i saw him as a bigger player than tyson I saw him as the guy that's making the strategies and thinking ahead. He's always, he, the thing with Kieran, he's always five steps ahead. You are still coming on and he's already calculated everything. So, um, yeah, he's someone not to underestimate. And I think that's why it's good to be in an alliance with him because he's mm. he's an intelligent Oki word. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. And also, I think, Mike, you, you put an interesting thing, and this is probably going more towards Storm's Brewing, but the fact that Marisha's OG alliance is still stuck core together, and we know that both Anesu and Santoni were swing votes, and we just don't know where they're going to land up, but that's going to be super interesting moving forward. Okay, but I'm going to count down to three, and then the two of you are going to throw your golden spears, and you're going to say the name out loud. Are you ready? Are no, you ready? I need energy, Marisa. I need energy. You, must, ah! you know, it needs to be one of those. Okay. <laughs> All right. Three, two, one. Marisa. It's got to be Tyson. <laughs> Marisha, you can't give yourself the golden spoon. That's not how it works. Well, golden although maybe the golden spoon. I actually I cocked that one up. It's actually golden spear. But yeah, golden spoon. Marisha gets a golden spoon, guys. <laughs> okay. So, Mike, you say Tyson. You say Tyson. Yeah, I do okay. Tyson, That's yeah. Cool. Cool. Do you agree with that one, Marisha? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, because we're seeing so much of him and he's really playing what we are seeing is good. It's good um, strategy. It's He's building a resume. So, um, if someone else can show me I'm doing something better, I'm making more moves, definitely. But the game yes. is on. Before we move on to the, the wooden spoon or something we should now call the golden spoon, I think that's that's what we're calling it. Uh, Joseph's asking, Marisha, can you please tell us what it's like to be the mayor of Ponderosa? Yes, at least I'm the mayor. I wish I was the mayor of Tilbach, um, where I come from. <laughs> This is the first step in getting there, Marisha. The first step. You know, um, it would have been easier if you won the Golden Spear. I can tell you that much. That goes a long way in someone's CV. I'm just saying. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm the first lady, they said. Um, so that's a nice title to have. Um, I just, I, I don't like to be there on my own too long. So um, it, it's a great experience. It also helps you to um, work through what happened the night before and um, what's to come. Um, so, yeah, there was a lot of food, a lot of food. That's the only thing that I was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, interesting about the food thing. You mentioned, you know, 
pre-survivor you were always constantly trying to be on a diet and then after you're like no diet what's it been like now since since december is the diet yeah. come back into play you're like stuff the diet yes i'm trying to lose some weight so um <laughs> i'm dropping my that's what I'm trying to say. Um, Survivor <laughs> complicates your relationship with food in a big way. I found that it's been very difficult yes. to go back to any kind of reasonability with food afterwards because on the you you know it's so embarrassing that on the island you spend at least like at least fifteen percent of your waking hours talking about food and your waking hours thinking about food. It's always just food, so I it, it complicates your relationship with food in a big way. Um, I came back and I wanted to eat everything. It's like, don't touch my plate. Don't take a, a bite. Um, and I thought it was just me. Um, so I'm glad to hear that other people also struggle with it because it's a mental thing. On the island, there is no food. You can't fight for food. But now you come home and there's food. So I really uh. stopped. <laughs> my car holds food. Um, and I'm I'm getting back, back better now. Um it's not like I'm seeing a psychiatrist for my food habits, but um, it took me a while to realize it's not going to run away. It's it's going to be there tomorrow morning. Okay. <laughs> Good to hear. Good to hear. Hilgaard's okay. asking a question. He said, did Ponderosa help you get pro or process the post-game feelings easier being still in the game as opposed to just being kicked off and said, hasta la vista, baby? Yes, I definitely think you... You have time to think about it. You have time to evaluate what happened to you. Um, and you guys know what's happening at Ponderosa, how it goes on. And that definitely helps you through the process. I feel sorry for the people that where the game just ends and you have to go home because you have no one to jump ideas from or vent and ask, why did you guys do this? Why did you vote me out? So it's, it's definitely helps you. Okay, that's good to know. So if you're ever gonna play Survivor, you wanna you wanna make the jury. You want to, want to, want to do it. Okay. Wooden spoon. This is the moment in our show where we obviously nominate the players who did not do so well. Marisha, your name might not might, maybe, maybe, maybe might turn up. We'll see. Let's see. We're gonna start off with Mike as to who he wants to nominate. Uh Mike, let's hear it. I'm reluctant to to throw your name under the, the bus, Marisha, because as I said, it's all a cultural experience. And I think you read the culture of your season really well. You responded to what was going on around you and you made the best set of decisions you can. So everyone will tell you that you made a bad read. I'll tell you that you made the right read under the circumstances. I wish that you knew more so you could have you know, made a more informed read. But knowing what you knew, I think that you made a, 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 an okay read there. I think... Nicole is probably going to fracture her position in the alliance a bit here because she showed a lot of insecurity in this episode. And the fact that the idol was played for her, to me, suggests that before anyone's really noticed her strategic prowess, as far as we've seen on TV, um, she's, she's sort of shown some insecurity. And that could be quite harmful when an alliance needs to be culled later on. So I think think there's a potential for a wooden spoon to be given to Nicole in this episode. The reality is that there was a lot of fantastic gameplay in this episode, so I wish there was someone who did something stupid, like voting for someone who's played an idol. Um, 
I did that. Um, so <laughs> it's not so clean cut this time. <laughs> but, but I do think I, I, I do <laughs> I do think that um that probably Nicole, if I had to name someone, but I'd rather just not because the guys are playing really well and they did play well in that episode. It wasn't it, it really wasn't a bad go. The Oaks did well. I feel and I know it's my name that you get the wooden spoon, but I think I'm gonna say Kihan. But she wasn't there. No, no. That's, that's the point. She, she didn't throw. She threw the, the, the spoon in the works is what she was doing. That's what she was doing. They're nicely played, Richard. Nicely played. I mean, when I'm looking at it, I'm looking at it externally. I think there's, it's to your point, Mike. I, you know, you can you can really dive into everyone's game and try and find something. I mean, it's a horrible thing to try and find something wrong. But the reason we do the wooden spoon is so hopefully when people do come back, there are things that they can look out for. So it's, it's all it's kind of like a guidance in a way. And for me, one of the entrants that I know Mike's smiling there is like, is it, is it really? But that, that's, that's kind of, that's kind of the vibe, you know? So when we're looking at it, we're thinking about it and I'm going back and I'm going, first are you throwing Anesu under the bus for losing the chickens? That's, that's an A grade move. I think that's amazing. Well played there. Okay. But um, when we, Starting the episode with the idol, I want to talk about the idol. I'm thinking it, you, you called a need in to get that idol. I know, look, it's, when we look at how it all played out, it was irrelevant. But could you not have gotten that idol by yourself? I, I could have. I should have, but I didn't. Yeah. I'm an idiot. Um, because you couldn't even get, you couldn't manage to get up the tree, and then I got the idol. I think I got so excited and overwhelmed because. Years are idle. We've been looking for one. We never found one. And it's, yeah, it's like out of the heavens. Um, yeah. So that was a rookie move. I just should have put it in my pocket. <laughs> I was a bit angry yeah. with you then, Marisha. I, I did, I did unfortunately uh, shout at you on the screen. Why is she doing that? Just take it yourself. <laughs> <laughs> you see, it took a while, but the truth came out, Mike. The truth came out. <laughs> Again, I think that's that's the one thing. Yeah, it's it's all a it's all a, a product of the culture of the season, and this is what makes Survivor so great as a TV product. Is that it on the island you experience a set of conditions and a, a, a cultural norm? Because ultimately, the, the point of Survivor is the hosts will always say at some point is to form a new society, and in that new society, that's the norm. If yeah. Maricha had yeah. been caught out by with having an idol. Um, and, and she didn't tell an alliance, that could blow up in an equally detrimental way for her. Yeah. And that's why you made the call when you did, because that was the culture of your season. Whereas as viewers, we are in a sanitized environment where we don't understand that culture that only the castaways can understand. So even now, having a chance to chat to you gives us such a beautiful insight into what the conditions of your season are actually like. And like, you know, it, it definitely helps contextualize things. I would say that because of Tyson's baller move, because of the... Work, the good work that Kieran did as well in the episode, I would say that it's very, very hard to claim that someone did anything overly wrong. If anyone, even, even Chappies, who was the obvious boot of the episode before the yeah. idol was played, Chappies did everything he could to save himself. He looked for an idol for hours. I mean, Marisha, you can confirm this was a long, long, long idol search. It was an obvious idol search. He managed yes. to get into into the spa shack he looked for an advantage at the challenge he had a really good episode yeah no definitely and um 
Chappies, <laughs> yes, where he was looking for that idol the last bit with those little fake clues. He was all over the place. It was, I've, I've never seen something like that. He I'm took out the Austin Dealey sign. He lifted it up. He ran with it. What are you doing? He says, no, this sign cannot stand here. I'm going to dig a new hole. And X says, what? Why? Why would you move it? Um, <laughs> yes, but it was hectic. And it was a great episode. But like you said, Mike, I, I really played it with honesty. And I think I would have found the idol and I would not have kept it a secret and came to you and said, listen, we have friends work with me stick with me i've got an idol let's play it because i've only seen idols and it doesn't always work out great you don't really want to keep that in your pocket well you said that i think that was an interesting that that particular point maybe that's why subconsciously you call an hero because you say to yourself you go mm, you don't want idols because you know what you've seen is there's always dangerous and there's a huge potential for it to backfire and maybe that subconsciously was the reason as to why you you called him into it maybe i don't know is that is that yeah. a possibility yeah definitely because i felt safe with renier i felt um we had a strong bond from day one so if someone needed to know about it it had to be renier and he would be able to tell me and guide me what to do with it um because yeah. he's a he's also wise he's like kiran they like they know it all it's a great point that yeah. and i guess it segues quite neatly into the idea of, of storms brewing but when you, you've mm. been speaking tonight and to that but it does seem the more that i'm engaging with the idea of the season that rainier is a heck of a player and he's so well entrenched in the game so you know, he's in a really, really good spot right now. If you felt comfortable with Renier and you thought that he was potentially your number one, uh, Amy thinks that too. Um, yeah. Chappies Chappie. thinks that he's got a great ally in, in Renier. He's in a very, very good spot. He is doing socially very well. He's covering all the basics. Um, he can be a, a Vatsahivalux coach after this, telling people how to make sure <laughs> your, your, your marriage succeeds. <laughs> Cover all the basics. Yeah, uh, I, I think before we, we uh, this is slightly off topic, but we've got Bruce Audit coming in here and he says, Marisha, all the way, sorry, the comment's gone away. Oh, there we go. From all the way around the globe in Canada, says, well done. Says, you should be very proud of the game that you played. Veteran viewers of Survivor know that this, the spin production does tell the story post-edit. So that's a Canadian saying, good job, Marisha. So that's super cool. Yay! Um, <laughs> that's awesome and then we got another one wade fenter saying you were a machine and a great player that's hey dad awesome that's my dad what's <laughs> up dad oh manier manier fenter who got it remember when we were crying together on on in season seven we were both like busy weeping on screen together this is a normal thing in our household oh so, <laughs> oh no <laughs> Okay, so yes, next time, Marisha, you're going to have to get your father or mother on the show as well so we can just have like a big family a family session here. Um, oh, no, just... we're all going to sit and cry. <laughs> <laughs> QQ uh, tissue sponsor. Anyone? What, what, twin Savers. Here we go. Maybe that, that should be the next uh, sponsor for Survivor. Okay, guys, I just want to go back to the wooden spoon point. If we have to, because it was so great. And, it, it, you know, we can pinpoint anyone. The ultimate downfall of the episode, Amusha's downfall, was the fact that we saw a lot more of Sean, which is fantastic. I enjoyed seeing how he thinks because now I'm starting to go, this, this guy's a player. We just haven't seen much of him. 
But him calling out the fact that they were gunning Marisha and Anela going, no, I'm convinced it's not going to happen. So ultimately, that's the, that's the turning point in the scenario in Marisha's game. So if we've got to really, really look at something, is that not something we can, we can focus on a little mm-hmm. bit? Mm. Um, I, I'm sad Sean didn't come and mention that to me. Um, I think then I would definitely have played my, my, my idol for myself and made Nicole feel more secure. And as well in the final part of this episode where Sean said, is that the type of person you want to vote off when I gave my jacket? And he said, game on. Yes, Sean. Yes. (laughs) It it, it is a good point that, I mean, I think Anela has himself because he's such a big player. A lot of um, grief going into the last stages of the game. He's got lots of work to do if he's going to get deeper through his social bonds because it wasn't a good read. Uh, clearly, now it's easy to say that he he made the right read according to what he knew, but it wasn't the correct read. And your alliance is going to be hurting afterwards. So Anela's got some serious work to do as well. Um, as much as he's been a fun player to watch, he is in a bit of a sticky scenario because of his feud with Farida. That's going to blow up in some way. I'm sure of it. It has to yield something. We've seen too much of it not to uh, have any interest in it. Um, and then you know the 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 consequence effect for Anela could be quite disastrous and devastating and if he manages to weather the storm then we've got a great player on our hands because he really is in a sticky situation right now yeah and i think um we sent him to um, to the flipping island the whole time because we were hoping <laughs> he's gonna have our backs i mean that's why we sent the oak but oh. um <laughs> <laughs> anyway yeah, but uh, to be fair, I don't think he's he's getting this wrong intentionally. I think it was he was just convinced. <laughs> he was convinced. Okay, yeah, I'm I'm gonna count down three, two, one, and you guys, let's hear the wooden spoon. Let's hear the names of the wooden spoon. Three, two, one. Marisha. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't want to be a guy, but I have to do it. I'm sorry. Why not? Yeah, yeah. I'm your name is. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I have I, I, I do have your back and I know what it's like. I know what it's I like to I'll take it. I can handle it. I mean, um I'm from the farm, Exfining Plus. But we will make an exception. This is no ordinary wooden spoon because it's the first one of the merge, and you're the you are the you are the mayor yeah. of, of Pandarossa. As you said, Cindy good. fucking Rella is what you said. Those were your words. <laughs> You know, so <laughs> so we, we will give you the golden spoon. Golden spoon. Okay. okay. All right, moving on, Storm's Bring. This is where we make our predictions, kind of think, well, you know, what we think might happen, who we worried for, who we think's in a good stead or good position moving forward. Mike, let's start with you, and then we'll move on to the Marisha because, obviously, she's privy to a lot more information that she's not allowed to divulge, so it'll be interesting to see yeah. what we can get out of her. So let's hear what you say, Mike. So I think Hilchart has uh, just uh, get, drawn attention um, to... Dachfart, what do you call subpoena? It's not just your attention to um to Anella once more, and he ha- he used the hashtag Spoonworthy, and I tend to agree with with that assessment. He is in a in a tricky situation, and I think there's going to be some blow up between Varda and Anella, and I think that we are going to see some kind of repercussion from 
from your your vote out, Marisha. And I, I do think that there's a brewing storm on Anela's horizon. And this gives an opportunity for him to play a really impressive couple of rounds and get through the storm. But I do think that there's there's something uh, ominous on the horizon for him. Equally, I, I just get the feeling that Santoni has played really well and she's been a great character and she's very beloved. But I feel that she does have someone, she is someone who is occupying a middle ground and mm. when push comes to shove, ultimately people will want to separate themselves from her because she offers a level of instability that is a threat in the current season. So I think that mm. Santoni needs to really hunker down and commit to something in a big way because she is playing hard and she has overplayed at moments. So I think that there might definitely be a threat on the horizon for her, although I imagine that'll come a little bit deeper into the game. But certainly I think that Santoni's got a lot of uh, social work to do to make sure she can patch over the paths that she's crossed thus far. Hmm. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah. No, go. No, 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 go ahead, Marisha. Sorry. I just think if the, the, the truth comes out after my episode, who stabbed me in the back, uh, they'll have a hard time because I think th this was the ideal time to f uh, form new bonds or new relationships to build on, to go further in the game. And if you can't be trustworthy with the first vote in Merge, why would they stick with you? Um, and just seeing the reaction of Nicole and Sean um, after me being voted out, I really hope something's going to go down. I hope the shit's <laughs> going to hit the fan. <laughs> well, look, as soon as Carla got voted off, Ward has gone on this this war rampage, which is super cool. So maybe maybe that's in the works for us. I, I think when we're looking at Santoni, I like the fact that you mentioned her, Mike, because, yes, she's a threat from that perspective and she's volatile in terms of you never know where she's going to stand. But at the end of the day, she's an extra vote and she's going to be an extra vote as soon as, as, as long as they are like group senses and numbers. They'll be like, oh, maybe we can convince her, maybe we can convince her. And she'll always be at the, the lower pecking order up until the point that they'll, she'll like, there's a possibility she could weasel away into someone's core alliance just because of the fact that she is on the outskirts. I know it's, it's a bizarre sort of concept to wrap around, yeah. but there's that potential. There's that potential. Mm. For me, it's interesting from Renee's perspective, someone who does have such a good social game, someone who had the idol, he played it wrong, he's still with his core group of friends, you know, or his group alliance, friends is the wrong term here. But, you know, how does he recoup? Does it shake his game up a little bit? Does it start with him the fact that he got the read wrong? Because so far he's had his pulse, his finger on the pulse. So how much does that affect him? And then it comes to Anesu, Anesu making the, the sort of vote where she was like, I'm with the alliance, but I'm actually with the other alliance. And again, playing fine line, but being ideal with one, one party. So a question, how do you think that's going to play out for her, Marisha? I'm going to ask you the question because we know she's socially smooth. I think that's the word, silver tongue possibly. So do you think someone's going to pick that up? No, I don't. I don't know. I I didn't pick it up because she is she's amazing with words. She's got this tone of a voice that just makes you want to fall asleep and relax. Um, so she that definitely has that social aspect working in her favor. Um, mm -hmm. And if you see her, you wouldn't think she's a physical threat threat, but she's capable of a lot. She's um, a strong, mentally strong lady. Yeah. It seems like from the word go, the public 
the castaways, the producers, everyone seems to be well drawn towards Onesu. She does have to have, she does seem to have some sort of like supernatural quality to her that makes her such an appealing option. And, you know, I can relate to that. I watched uh, one man run circles around everyone in my season. <laughs> so I do believe that there sometimes can be a level of juju involved that makes people uh, especially appealing as father players. And Onesu does seem to have that in bucket load. She is a heck of a dangerous player. And um, it also is just about priorities right now. You know, what is, what's, the, what's the culture of the season and what does it demand from its players? What do people want to, to take out first? What, what's the biggest threat to the predominant alliances? So you also, I mean, and this is what's interesting, is Chappies for me has longevity in, in the game. He, he just seems to be edited in, in a way that makes me feel like he is someone you could hedge your bets on to go really, really deep. And not to suggest that we aren't, but I'm talking day 35 plus. He is someone who seems to either have a chance to be there at the end or to get very close and go flaming out in an epic way. So Chappies seems like someone who's always on the brink of being voted out, but I don't believe it yet. I, my mind's telling me that, but my heart doesn't believe that Chappies is going anytime soon. So that there's also a duality yeah. in that. I think we're going to see a lot of shifting dynamics in the coming episodes, because as we mentioned earlier on, when Tyson played that idol and Marisha, your alliance had its heart ripped out from it, I think it opened the game up to a lot more than what we've seen thus far. It could have been a pagonging type situation. You guys could have picked that alliance. We could have had a repeat of South Pacific in America or season one Borneo or or season seven Island of Secrets. But no, the game's been 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 sort of bust open now. And it's gonna be um, I, I, I totally agree with you, what you just said. I think that the bandage has been ripped off. Um, and I think things are going to change. They're going to come out f- full throttle in, in the next episode. I, that, that's my gut feeling because I could see how emotional Nicole was. Yeah. And, um, and Sean just said, it's now game on. And I think that's a good way to look at it. And I think it's... We shouldn't play it safe the whole time. Uh, oh, God. My mind's telling me no, but my body, my body, Michael, <laughs> it's telling you something else. Okay. One last name to, to, to wrap it up. Amy, nothing's been said. We haven't seen too much. But again, very, very, very smart player. Always involved yeah. in the right sort of conversations, especially in your lines. Marisha, just to look a bit more in depth into, in terms of we're not seeing a lot of her personality come through. But what what are the key traits that are making us so good right now in terms of even though um, we're not seeing it? I think um, Amy has a softness to, towards her. Um, you like her, what you see. And I think um, until our tribe swap where we got back together, she had to play a good game not to be voted out because she was in the bottom. Or Sean had to save her. So um, we don't see everything that's happening, but there's not much of Amy yet. And I hope there's a lot to come because I can remember asking her, are you sure you're just a PA? You talk very well. You you think very well. <laughs> um, and she's like, yes, I'm just a naughty PA. And <laughs> she also, got PAs, me. can I just say, PAs are dangerous. So if someone's saying they're a PA, I go, Mm-mm. attention to detail, they follow up, they do a lot of the grunt work. It's hectic. Yeah, PAs. I think it's like a, Martial arts, karate, something underneath there. Yeah, so we haven't seen a lot of Amy or Sean. I mean, Sean always opens his mouth, but there's nothing happening. No, we're not seeing him. 
Yeah, that's interesting. That's true. It, I'm, I'm looking yeah. forward to seeing Sean go. I I thought that after his uh, survival go off the island one, or. But what do you mean? Go no, no, no. Or... I mean, I'm looking forward oh, to watching him go in, in the game. I'm looking forward yeah. to seeing him sort of come into to, to third gear because we, we we sort of got a great glimpse of him early on and then he's faded into the background, which was the right response. You know, you don't want to be um, playing too hard too soon. And the fact that he's found a way to sort of blend into in a bigger vote puts him in a really good position. And I think that, you know, you've teased it now. We could potentially see a bloodlust from Sean because he's seen what's happened to you. And that's a, a good kick up the ass that players sometimes need to start going, okay, I'm here now. I've got this far. It's time to start playing or I'm going to end up in a very similar position to what, what my fellow tribe mates have endured. And, and that's the reality of the game is if there's numbers, it's time to go, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. And yeah, uh, just, just like that. Oh, oh, sorry, keep going, keep going, Marisha. No, no, I think he's highly intelligent as well. And that might have been the way he wanted to play it at the low. Um, mm. But he's strategically, and he's think, he thinks about it. He's one of the oldest contestants this year, and he um, gives it his all. I mean, yeah. Yeah, Nicole calling him an old man, and he's 40. I, I was just thinking to myself, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> this is a bit backwards. Yeah. Oh, she's 25, so everyone is old in her books. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Thank you very much, uh, Mike and Marisha. We're going to wrap up final thoughts. What do you want to leave the people with? Me or Mike? Both. You're both so awesome. I just want to hear both your final first thoughts. Marisha, so. please go first. Um, yes. Oh, please don't hate me. Please don't hate me. <laughs> <laughs> who, are these, who are these people hating you, Marisha? Send us their numbers. We will personally phone them on behalf of TNO. So stop your nonsense. This is unacceptable. We'll move on with your life. Because yes, honestly, we know where them. you live. No. Um... <laughs> <laughs> and also, I'm not sending anyone after you. I'm sending Marisha after you. That's what I'm doing. <laughs> if I want to throw you under the bus, you'll, you'll know when I throw you under the bus. I'll go full, full throttle on that one. Yeah, yeah, cheapest. Yeah, is, is that all you want to say? Come on, there's got to be something else. Haters must, the haters no. must sleep, otherwise they live under a bus. Yeah. No, yes, I just, I, I, I want people to know that the people you sometimes see in the game is not the person they really are, and we should always respect that. Though, when you're outside of the game, there's a other person out there. Um. And Survivor is definitely one of the most um, amazing games to be able to play. I don't think you can perceive or understand it unless you've been there. It's like it's addictive. It's like a drug. Um, So sign up for the next year. Try and get in. Do everything you can um, to experience this because it's a a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. Yeah. Yeah, i got to echo that sentiment. It, it certainly is something that is very hard to explain um, to anyone who's not on, on, on the season. And Marisha, the reality is that right now things might be feeling a bit overwhelming and they will for a while afterwards. But I feel like I've begun to sort of shed the, 
the regrets from my experiences of Survivor, which are there were many, many regrets. And I feel like I've sort of I sort of felt a liberation. So this does eventually come to a, a head where you can look back on it with happiness. And I think the key thing is well done to the cast of season eight. You guys have been outstanding so far yourself included. You were a great character. People were invested in your journey and your character arc. My mom was rooting for you very much. She was very disappointed that you were voted out. She were, you were her favorite. And I said, but what is it about Marisha that makes you like her? And she was like, well, she's a mom, you know? And and so you were a relatable character. So well done for that. And I think it shows great strength that you've been so beloved and you were beaten by a very, very good move. So don't um, don't feel too bleak about the whole thing and and just try your best as as fans to appreciate what we have going on right now you know uh, afrocons um with with henry and larue and uh darren they've put together something really special and they love the product and uh, i'm just a, a very very blessed to be proximate to it and i think we should all be proud of the fact that we've shot a season uh five k's away from the wild coast sun you know that's that's awesome that's so cool that's the location you can visit <laughs> it's, it's close to Mike's home, literally, very close to, to, to his heart. There we go. And then also, it also maybe gives people the feel like while they're playing. Did you were you ever tempted, Marisha, to run home? I mean, thinking, yeah, yeah. Hey, I <laughs> just around the corner, just around the corner. <laughs> I think I think we could smell the food. It's just around oh, the corner. No. Jeez, imagine no. that. <laughs> also, this just in, Marisha. I don't know if you've seen the comments. You've been getting a lot of love oh. in the comments. Um, also, Tato saying they're going in. in they're going to enter. Or she or he's going to enter. And then we also got um, Mike. Tato's also saying we need you back. And uh, also saying Marisha for All Stars. So, I mean, a lot of love here in the comments. And uh, thank you to everyone who have tuned in we really appreciate the comments and thank you you really always are part of the show and we really would like to thank you for that marisha absolute legend part of again i will leave you on this note most iconic episode of survivor sa to date mike v always 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 a pleasure to have you on always thanks guys so i really appreciate you inviting me thank you <laughs> thanks for having me guys it's been really fun well Mark, then marisha go get to a good game thanks okay bye you guys Cheers, bye.